We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of The Breakdown with former Chiefs quarterback Matt Castle and FanDuel TV's Matt Hamilton. The best analysis on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense that's available for Chiefs Kingdom. This film-based show will educate, entertain, and inform you each week. Don't forget to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything from the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network of 2022. And now, let's go to Matt for the latest episode of The Breakdown. Guys, it's time for another edition of The Breakdown. I'm Matt Hamilton. That's Matt Castle. And Matt, I don't think we saw this one coming either this week. Uh, Chiefs were in an absolute battle against the Texans. It came down to the wire, came down to OT. Chiefs obviously pull it out with the big run from Jarek McKinnon in overtime. Matt, what jumped out at you here? Why was this one so surprisingly close? It's amazing. Week in and week out, right? We can come in here. We talk about specific opponents, what they struggle with, certain teams. I mean, this team now is, I mean, going into this game, the Houston Texans were 1-11-1, and and you're sitting there going, okay, this is a good get-right game. But we saw that Houston, same Houston Texans team take it down to the wire against the Dallas Cowboys. And we said this last week when we were potting. We, we, we said, look, you can't take anybody for granted in this league. Everybody's going to show up, and especially if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, because guess what? Everybody's looking at you as – hey, if we beat this team, this is our Super Bowl this year. So everybody gets up to play the Kansas City Chiefs, who's one of the elite teams in this league. And it was, you know, the same thing that happened throughout the course of this league. And this this year has been incredible to watch all these one-score games. And it was competitive. When you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, Look, they, they had some issues in terms of they had the two turnovers that resulted both in touchdowns and points for the Houston Texans. If they don't have those, I think this game is dramatically different. At the same time, they played well on both sides of the ball, but there's things that you want to clean up, right? They had over 100 yards of penalties. They had, again, issues with their field goal unit and, and Butker missing, you know, a, a PAT early and a field goal late. I mean, they've got to clean that process up. But offensively, I thought they consistently moved the ball. Patrick Mahomes played a clean game. He was outstanding. They got Juju involved as well as Travis Kelsey. Both of those guys had 10 catches. And I thought Patrick Mahomes took what they gave, gave him in this game. And then in addition to that, the run game looked good. For the defensive side of the ball, I'd say you still have concerns. Like they just haven't been able to get the stops in the red zone. And they're giving up touchdowns in those red zones. And that's a 
big part of why this game was as close as it was and why it went to OT because they couldn't get a stop or at least force a field goal in those situations. But when you look at them statistically, I thought the defense was solid. I mean, they only gave up 200 yards of total offense, just over 200 yards of total offense. They're good against the run, good against the pass. It's just they got to clean up situational football, particularly the red zone. Yeah, I agree. A lot of it is, you're right, just cleaning things up. We'll go into a few, a few examples of that in the tape today. Um, but also have to give credit to Jarek McKinnon and how phenomenal he's been over the last two weeks. He's racked up, I think, about 450 or sorry, 350 scrimmage yards, I think, over the last couple of weeks um, and four touchdowns. And he's just been he's been absolutely incredible um, and, and obviously came up with a number of huge plays in this one, the two point conversion to tie it. And then, of course, that walk off winner in OT. Um, so. It's funny because this Chiefs backfield is so loaded. Obviously, coming into the year, it was Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It's, right. it's everybody was excited about Isaiah Pacheco, and everybody's been excited about him all year. But it's McKinnon that's really emerged as the guy. What do you make of what he's done for this team this year? Yeah, he's been outstanding throughout the course of the year, and we always knew he was a threat in the passing game, but it's also now him establishing that physical element in the run game and making plays in 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 terms of the just actual run plays because you saw him throughout the course of the day. He had eight catches in this game, and he's always reliable in the pass game, but now you're starting to see – the, that whole other part of his game that you really don't think about him as like a downhill runner, a guy that goes, but then you saw the, in overtime, the little jump cut he makes, the quickness that he has inside the, the hole, and then to hit that hole and go and take it in for the touchdown. I mean, he's really emerging as their number one back. Yeah, and it's uh, it's been awesome to see for a guy who missed two entire years uh, after the ACL injury that he suffered in San Francisco to see him back playing at this level is pretty awesome. And uh, it's, it's meant a lot to the chiefs, but while it was a struggle at the end of the day, the chiefs get the win locking up their seventh straight AFC West Seven. title, staying in the mix for the one seed in the AFC overall. And it's really, it's going to come down to these final three weeks, but before we look ahead, let's dig into the tape now and go through some of the key moments from this game Matt, this was the the scramble for Mahomes that put the Chiefs ahead late in the fourth quarter. What stood out to you about this one? Well, what I love about this is from a personnel standpoint, they have 13 personnel, which means one wide receiver, three tight ends. So what that forces the Houston Texans is to be in a defensive structure that is their base defense. So they've got three linebackers on the field and you see that and they're in a zone coverage here. So but the, the versatility that these guys have in the past game, whether it's Noah Gray or Kelsey and then Jody Fortson, Fortson excuse me, those guys can all play the wide receiver position as well. And you see this formationally right now, you've got a two by two formation with cut split with Jared McKinnon in the backfield over here. And you've got your combination route up top right there. You've got a spot route, a corner and a, in a diagonal there. And then up top, it's really your man beater, right? The corner with the little dart, the one step slant right there. So Mahomes reads, he reads the zone coverage right here, but they, the Houston Texans does a great job here of just getting out. They've got everybody covered. They're tight windows. It's gonna, you're, that's to be expected down there in the red zone, but he doesn't panic whatsoever. He doesn't try to force anything. He just finds his way, finds a way outside the backside of this pocket. He steps up, and at that point, now he just takes off and makes a great play, and this was a big, big play in the game to, to finally take the lead. 
And you see too how much defenses when they have to worry. Obviously, you got to stick to Travis Kelsey. You got to find him. You got to stick with him. Uh, you can't let him. You know Mahomes is going to extend plays and try to find him late. Uh, but you see the impact that that has too. The, you see the corner out there. The defender has his back completely turned to Mahomes. Has no idea Mahomes is taking off, uh, and he's able to get that pylon as a result. But it's also amazing that you pointed out right in the beginning how often when we go over the significant plays that happen in these chiefs games, how often it's out of 13 personnel when they have three tight ends on the field, uh, they right. go to this set a lot. It's such a versatile, it gives them so much versatility because as you said, all three of these guys are basically wide receivers as well. But when you want to line up in a heavy formation with them and run the football, they can all block and, and get involved there too. So um, it's just, uh, it's, it gives them such an advantage because as a defense, you see that personnel group go out. Usually when you see 13 personnel go out, all right, you're putting your heavy, your heavy package in there. You're prepared to stop the run, but the chiefs can spread you out like this too. And it's, it, it just makes it such a dangerous personnel package for them. It is because they can dictate the terms, right? When you get into those sub packages, particularly down the red zone, there's a lot of variations that they can run on the back end because now you get a better cover guy usually with a nickel and or sometimes you even get dime. They can create their doubles and the communication that takes place. But when they're in base defense, you got to kind of run your base stuff. And a lot of times when you spread those teams out, you're not going to get a ton of man coverage. You're going to get more zone. So they can dictate the terms in that circumstance, but at the same time, run their pass concepts with the guys that are really good at it. And that's what makes them a really scary offense and so difficult to match up against personnel wise, because you have to make that decision because all of a sudden, the other thing is all of a sudden you, you see that personnel group and some teams will say, Oh, well, let's just go nickel personnel, right? Put an extra defender because they might throw the ball. And that allows you to see that substitution and call one of those run plays where now you're at the advantage there because you've got size on the field against a smaller defender. So it works hand in hand. Yeah, and it's, uh, I think it's going to be something that we continue to see them go to, and we're, we'll keep, I mean, it's been how many weeks now, 15 weeks, where we've seen them use this this personnel grouping and, and have success, so I think it's something that's going to be, be a key factor here down the stretch and into the playoffs and potentially give them an edge in, in some critical moments down the stretch of these games, but uh, we saw the good. Let's move on to some of the not-so-good, uh, the Chiefs. First drive in overtime, a big third down here, third and four. Walk us through this one, Matt. Right. Well, you see it right here formationally. They've got three wide receivers down here at the bottom. You've got corners over in a nickel. So immediately you know that it's man coverage because the corners have traveled with those wide receivers. You've got isolation up top with Noah Gray up top with a with a safety. And you know right away it's man coverage. So you want to go to a matchup and in this particular route, if from the inside, you got Justin Watson running that deep crossing route, right? He's got to cross the face of that deep safety, influence him, or make him make a decision where he's going to play. You got MBS here running the deep corner route, and then you got Juju kind of on a delayed under is what it looks like. He goes up, he kind of gives him a, mo a little move, and then he's going to come down late as to be kind of like the third outlet. You've got the end cut on the backside. So really, you're he's evaluating that safety to try to take a shot right here versus man coverage. And when you see the play actually start to go – Right. The the safety, I think he's looking at him. Patrick is when he starts to drop back, he's looking at him and evaluating him. But when you see it right there, I'm thinking right now, Justin Watson's got an, a great opportunity for a big play over the top. His, his defender is in a trail position. He's got at least two steps on him. You can throw that ball safely 
out and away from the safety. And then the safety in the middle of the field also starts to treat, um, cheat to MBS here. And so Patrick, I think a little bit predetermines this that he wants to take the shot to MBS, but the safety, because of where he's at, it makes him double clutch that and ultimately leads to the sack. Yeah. And this is, uh, this is something that is a little concerning to see because I think when you saw Mahomes get into some problems last year, this is what he was doing, kind of predetermining, okay, I'm, I'm going to take a shot here and not, again, taking what the defense is giving him. That's when he's been at his best this season is when he's taking what's there. And uh, I, I think you're right. I think if he's reading that safety, Watson's the throw, 100%. And, uh, yeah, I think he he decided, hey, I'm going to take my shot to, to MVS and, and try to – try to end this game right now. Um, but yeah, you have to, uh, you know, especially in men when things can go so many different ways, um, you have to read, you know, you have to go through your progressions and, and read the defense and, and take what's there. And in such a critical situation, a third down in OT, it's um, it's a critical mistake at a bad time. And we haven't seen many of those from Patrick this year. So I don't want to overblow it, but it is something you don't want to see him falling back into these habits. Right, and it was a critical part of the game. At the same time, when you watch this and the entirety of this game, I thought he had a solid game. He made a lot of plays inside, outside. And the other part of it, throughout the course of the game, it was amazing how he really was taking what they were giving him, right? A lot of times they got a lot of depth in those zone coverages, and he'd hit Jarek McKinnon for on the, in the flat route, and he'll turn it into a 10, 15-yard gain. And so he kept the sticks moving constantly throughout this game. But this is one, when you look at it and you're evaluating it, it just looked like he predetermined that he's going to go to MBS when he had a big opportunity to hit Justin Watson, probably close out the game. Absolutely. And you wonder if maybe, you know, Watson did have that – drop at one point in the game if that's in his head at all but um no by by no means do I want to be overly critical of Mahomes he was he was fantastic again I think he's running away with the MVP now especially in the light of the uh the Jalen Hurts news um but you know these are the things that you just don't want to see happen at the end of games and hopefully this is a learning experience going forward because he's done such a phenomenal job all year of of processing things and and taking what's there so hopefully this is just a blip and uh, we see him, you know, continue to do what he's done all season um, this week against the Seahawks. But uh, while this was uh, this could have ended the game in a bad way for the Chiefs, it didn't because the defense got them the ball back. And then Jarek McKinnon went to work. Let's break down the the game winning play, the play that got the Chiefs their uh, seventh straight AFC West title. Yeah, what I love about this play is you'll see you've got jet motion coming across. So they're selling the jet sweep. That moves one defender away from where they want to run the ball, right? This is an inside zone to the left. Then you've got Noah Gray coming back slash to cut off that backside end. So as he does it, it's man-to-man defense. So one, you're moving one defender with the corner. He's now leaving that area and voiding that area. But watch 29 at the snap because he has responsibility for Noah Gray right here. He runs back on the slash. So now you got a two-for-one situation right there, which is great. Then when you look at it, it's just an inside zone. The offensive line gets hat on hat here. The center did an outstanding job because there's penetration. That's a really hard block to get to. He's got to reach that guy, and he gets to his up 
field shoulder, which is huge because he gets him turned. Jarek McKinnon does a great job with the jump cut here, finds the hole, has great vision. And then when he hits it and gets to the second level, you guys got hats on hats. And then Juju does a tremendous job here of finishing his block, doesn't give this guy an opportunity to get in play. And that's all she wrote, man. That's a walk-off touchdown. And for your seventh AFC West champion, and it took everybody, man. And this was a great effort by everybody involved. It really is. And and that's been the other theme that we've talked about all year is just in the bit in all, in so many big spots, how you just you get all eleven guys working together. And I know that sounds maybe cliche or maybe coach speak a little bit, but I think the Chiefs do that as well as any team. You get everybody bought in. You get the receivers willing to block downfield. You don't. Not every team has that um, on a consistent basis the way that the Chiefs do. And uh, it is. It just that's why you see some of these big plays pop off. Is everybody's doing their job. Everybody's invested. Everybody's bought in. And uh, yeah, when you have coaching like that, and you have a locker room like this, that's how you get. That's how you get seven straight AFC West titles. That's right, baby. That's right. I mean, you, the, you, that's the beauty of this play is, again, to be successful on any given play, it takes everybody, but it takes one guy to miss that block up front to now become a negative play, right? And yeah. and so the execution across the board, especially by that offensive line, the tight ends, the wide receiver position, to be able to body those guys up, get into the pro appropriate position and spring Jarek McKinnon, who saw and had great vision too, but that that was just the epitome of what this team is. And it, it's outstanding to watch because this is just so well executed at a pivotal point in the game. And I loved hearing McKinnon after the game talk about this play, too, because he said coming into the huddle, yeah. Holmes is telling him, keep two hands on the ball. you know, Because <laughs> right. a field goal wins it at this point. Each team's already had possession. So field goal is going to win this game. And McKinnon told him, no, I'm, I'm scoring. I'm taking this yeah. one. <laughs> That's and, what uh, I love, man, the confidence, right? Yeah, and you've seen it grow each week. And how, why wouldn't he be confident with what he's been able to do here lately? Um, and I feel like there's no reason he's not going to continue to build on that the rest of the season. I think McKinnon, we're seeing uh, we're seeing an emergence here. And uh, it's it's been awesome. Totally unexpected, but uh, but we love seeing it. Yeah, it's so so good. So good. Now 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 it's the the final stretch, baby. They get to come home too after three road games too, which, you know, that that wears on you too as a team, right? You you're on the road yeah. for three games, all that stuff, you're away from home, but now they get to come home for I think two of the last three games, which will be great and probably uh, a little bit different for them in a better atmosphere just being on the road so much these last few weeks. Yeah, and it all starts with the Seahawks on Christmas Eve. A game that, you know, a Seahawks team that's had a much better season than anybody thought they would yeah. after losing Russell Wilson. Geno Smith has been fantastic this year, but Seattle's going through it a little bit right now. Kenneth Walker has been really banged up ever since he's he started dealing with some of these injuries. They've had a tough time because so much of their success has been built on that running game. He's he's still dealing with it. I, I don't think he's practiced yet this week, so it, it looks like it may be a game time decision. Um, you know, at least where we stand as of right now for him leading up to this game. How much does that impact the Seahawks offense? It really impacts them, and you can see it, see it over the last five weeks. They're one and four over these last five weeks, and a lot of it's due to the fact that they've kind of lost their identity. And Geno Smith is still playing really good ball. Don't get me wrong. Like, he's been a solid part of this offense throughout the entire course of the year, even during this stretch. But at the same time, when you're 
going out there and 25% is what I think I, I saw right around 25% of your first and second down runs are for negative yards or no gain whatsoever. And now you're second and 10 or you're in a longer distance situation that takes away from your offense, because this is a team that if you run the ball successfully, that sets up their boot game, their play action pass. And when you're in second and 10, you can't get the same influence on those backers and those safety positions that you do when you're in a second and 10 situation, because now they're, they're more susceptible to playing the pass, right? So they just kind of have lost their identity. They haven't been able to get the run game going. And that's been a big part of why they've not struggled a lot in terms of their offense. Now, Tyler Lockett's supposed to be out too this week, and that's their best receiver, but they still have DK Metcalf. Good one. They've got two good tight ends. So their their pass game solid, and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to have to come and be ready to play the pass this week. But they're, they're going to also hopefully be able to stop that run, which kind of makes them one-dimensional. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Yeah, and uh, the Seahawks offense, it has been explosive. They're, they're seventh uh, in in scoring offense so far this season. So it's been a good run. On the defensive side of the ball, they've had some issues. They've had, it's, it's been a pleasant surprise for them to see rookie Tariq Woolen, who wasn't on anybody's radar, having just a phenomenal year. He's leading the league in interceptions. Um, he's he was I saw he was one of the top he was the top uh, vote getter for the Pro Bowl in the NFC at the cornerback spot. So he's right. been awesome. It's It's been great to see. But other than that, there have been a lot of rough spots for this defense. They're, they're the second worst uh, defense against the run uh, in the league this year. They're bottom five in both total defense and uh, scoring defense. So uh, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for this Chiefs offense. What do you want to see? You know, after after seeing some some issues pop up against the Texans, what's the main thing that you want to see them focus on or, or improve going into this week's game against Seattle? 
Number one, they've got to take care of the football. And that, that's something that they, they've had success, right? And whether it's running the ball, throwing the ball, they can do what they want. But it's those turnovers that give the, those teams that opportunity. And this is an opportunistic group that, like, I've been around Coach Carroll. He coached me in college. I know what his philosophy is. It's all about the ball. And he tells those guys to go after the ball. And they haven't had as much success recently as they did early in the year of getting the ball away. So don't put the ball in harm's way. But you should be able to do what you want against this team in terms of the run game and the pass game. And when you look at them over these last five weeks and they turn on the film, it's one thing is to just not – get too overconfident going into this game because they have not played well defensively uh, over that stretch of, of games. They're giving up 27 points a game. They're been bad in the run game, bad in the pass game. They're giving up a ton of explosive plays, but at the same time, as you saw against the Houston Texans, against a team like the Broncos who have a good defensive unit, you can never take anybody for granted. You just got to continue to do what you do and perform at a high level. And this is a game in which as long as they go out and execute at a high level, take care of the football, I think that they should win with ease. Yeah, and all these games, I mean, they can't afford a slip here. And, and I think that's the message that has to be driven home, too. Not only can you not take anybody lightly, but you lose one of these games, it's going to cost you. I, I don't think they can afford another loss the rest of the season if they're going to get the one seed, uh, especially because they – they lose the head-to-head tiebreaker against Buffalo. They'll lose the head-to-head tiebreaker against Cincinnati. So they have to win this thing outright. And right now, you know, they're tied with the Bills. Bills have a little bit of a tougher schedule here down the stretch, but right. uh, there's really no margin for error. And it's it's going to play a huge factor, I think, in how this AFC ends up shaking out because there's not a ton of separation between the Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals. I think all three of those teams – are absolutely fantastic. So it really could come down to who's the better rested team, who's got the home field uh, in the AFC. So the Chiefs can't take this lightly. They got to take care of business every single week here. The number one seed is, is such a huge part of having success in the playoffs. One, like you said, you get an extra week to rest up before, while everybody else is playing that first weekend, right? And in addition to that, Home field advantage can't be understated, especially at a place like Arrowhead. And we know that place gets rocking. It's one of the loudest stadiums in the entire NFL. And to have that support and play at your home field, that's huge. So like you said, I don't think there's any margin for error in these last three games. They've got to win all three and hope that the Buffalo Bills is, uh, slips up in one of these games going down the stretch to hopefully secure that number one seed. But uh, at the end of the day, they just got to take care of business on their end and hope for the best. Yeah, and I would uh, I would expect them I would expect them to do it. I think all three of these games are are definitely winnable games. Um, you know, obviously after this they get two divisional opponents, which you never know what could happen in those right. games. Those are always tough. Uh, both the Broncos and Raiders gave them some scares this year, so it's not going to be a walk in the park. But everything's still right there in front of them, and these are games that the Chiefs should win. So uh, we'll cover every second of it here down the stretch for you here on Kansas City Sports Network. We'll break it all down here on this show every single week. We'll look back. We'll look ahead. We'll set the stage for everything Chiefs. And uh, we really appreciate you guys joining us. It's been fun doing this all year. Um, I hope you have you all have a happy holidays. Matt, I hope you have a great time with your family. Really get to enjoy the holiday. I know you work your butt off and do so many different things. So hope you get the chance to enjoy it a little bit. Thanks, brother. I will. And happy holidays to you and everybody involved, man. This has been fun to do. And uh, 
break down some plays each and every week, give the fans a little bit of insight on what's going on, and uh, hopefully everybody enjoys it, man. But uh, wishing everybody out there happy holiday season. And happy holidays to our producer, Tucker, as well. He's just oh, – yeah. Tucker's the best. I mean, he needs to come on the show with us at some point because he, I'll tell you what, that's a personality that everybody needs to see. That's a good point. Yeah. We got to bring him in here. One of these shows. Um, 100%. Yeah. Maybe if the Chiefs, if the Chiefs get that, get that first round by, we got to bring him in. Yeah. So he'll have the champagne. <sighs> <laughs> he'll be ready to go. So for, he'll be ready. So for Matt Castle, I'm Matt Hamilton. Thank you guys so much for joining us again and for joining us all year. Have a happy holidays, and we'll see you right back here next week. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN, covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.